Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. And in this video training, this is a deep dive live masterclass on becoming a social media influencer. It's the more advanced strategies and tactics for you to become a the go-to commentator in your space. You know, a, a bona fide social media influencer, which you can, you know, create a vast brand or you could monetize with endorsements and sponsorships, etc. If you're looking for a vast scale and reach, you kind of want to dominate your niche and in your industry, then this video training is for you. Now, this is part of our social media influencer online training course. So you're in for a bit of a treat. It's not just an introductory video. Now, I've got 14 different ways I'm going to share with you on how you can become a social media influencer. Uh, and uh, many of these I've learned and figured out myself over the years. Uh, and many of these I've borrowed from people who have more social media influence than myself. So I'll cover, uh, I'll tell you what we're going to cover and then we'll go into each one in a bit of detail. So the first one is to do interesting shit. The second one is to do hard things. The third one is about documentaries and how they are the future. Collaborations is the fourth. Big guests is the fifth. Interviews is the sixth. Rants is the seventh. Um, upping the volume of your content is eight. Um, handwriting letters, nine. Newsjacking, 10. Contrarian views, 11. Uh, 12 is about how you title your content. 13 is following and commenting on other big influencers. And then 14 is repurposing, uh, especially repurposing long form. So number one is to do interest, interesting shit. If you think about David Blaine, you know when he got that glass box in London and didn't he stay in there for something like 40 days, no food? Or if you think about, you know, amazing magic tricks. I broke the world record for the longest individual speech. Uh, David Goggins, what did he do? Try and break the world record for the most number of press-ups or ran 200 and something miles. If you do really interesting, unique, quirky things, you will get social media attention. Now, some people have worked for years in putting content out there and made some steady progress. And then they've gone viral because there's been some sensation around something that they did that was really interesting. It could be a, a really big act of kindness. It could be something that's difficult and challenging for you to do, which we'll come to next. Now, look, you're not just going to be able to live the most interesting life ever all the time and put it on social media. That's you know, pretty hard to uh, maintain. But I mean, I mean, if you watch, for example, Dan Bilzerian, he has a massive following on Instagram, like more than 20 million. And some of his photos and videos in the locations he is around the world are, are pretty jaw dropping at times. Um, you, you know, there is a, quite a lot of sort of 
um, wrestling with alligators, machine guns, yachts, scantily clad women. Not saying that's why I follow him. Um, but if you follow influencers who do really, really interesting things, then um, you can get some ideas for doing really interesting things yourself. Pl go to interesting places and document it on your iPhone, whether that's through a, a Facebook Live or just documenting it through video or having really interesting conversations with people uh, and doing um, using your Zoom H1 or your Zoom H4 recorder uh, to have interesting conversations. I mean, little things like, you know, when I shaved my beard off, um, people weren't actually watching my content. They all just kept commenting about my beard. Um, so the more different and unique and quirky and interesting things that you do, um, even just little things like wearing interesting and quirky clothes, it makes you more interesting to people and it will make a big difference. Like if you have different backdrops, at the moment in the lockdown, I'm doing most of the videos in my living room. So um, I believe they've been doing it from that L-shaped sofa there or here. Not exactly that interesting a backdrop when you've seen it 50 times. If all of a sudden I was in the Maldives, you'd be like, oh, where's Rob? Oh, this is interesting. What, you know, um, and, and that's called a pattern interrupt. And so you would, um, you would stop and you would, um, that would grab your attention if I um, had a conversation with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, of course, some of these things aren't always that um, easily achievable. But the more interesting a life you lead, um, some people say that people are trying to prove that they've got an interesting life on social media. But actually what real influencers do is they actually live an interesting life and then they show that on social media. Uh, and I definitely think that's, um, that's the case for you. Let me just get my notes back up because... I've got proper deep dive stuff here and my email is going all over the place. The second thing is doing really hard things. So um, David Goggins doing the world record for the number of press-ups, me breaking the world record for the longest public speech. These are things that are really hard. Um, and it's been proven that if you go through struggle, people want to support you. You know, they want to, there's a chap, Tom Moore, do you remember Tom Moore, who, uh, you know, he had his, I think he had his Zimmer frame, didn't he? Or he had a, a little um, walking aid uh, and he walked around his garden. He wanted to raise um, a few thousand pounds. And in the, in the end, he raised more than 20 million pounds um, because he ended up just doing something that was actually really hard. Now, if you and I walk around the garden, that wouldn't necessarily be hard to do. I think one guy did an ultra marathon around the garden. He did well, but he didn't get the reach that Tom Moore did. Uh, and, and Tom Moore got that um, crazy reach because he did something that was really, really hard to do. So if you live an interesting life and do interesting stuff, that's a tick. If you do, the harder it is for you, the more people will get behind you. They'll support you. So I don't know, let's say you were put out in the middle of the desert and you had to um, walk to Marrakesh and you had to negotiate on the markets and try and raise a bit of money. And, you know, you had to try and trade your way up. That would be a really hard thing to do. If you went and did um, live, live negotiations with, for properties and estate agents with no money and you had to do fine joint venture finance from, a, um, you know, from finances and then you had to go and make low offers and get those offers rejected, um, the harder something is to, for you, uh, the more people love to watch it. So, you know, it's been, become very popular recently of challenges. You know, people love these challenges. And the more challenging it is to you, um, the more that people are going to think, you know what, this is worth watching. Because ultimately, to become an influencer, you need to be watchable. People need to stop what they're doing and go, do you know what? 
um, I am going to stop everything I'm doing and I am going to engage. I'm going to share uh, the content from this, um, you know, from this influencer. Let me just get my notes back up. Stay with me. Um, I, I know I can just spin this stuff off, but I actually like to do it properly with notes. Um, okay. The third thing then is documentaries. So have you noticed now on YouTube, there's all these documentary films um, and you can essentially be a filmmaker yourself on YouTube. You can be a documentarian um, and documentaries. Yes, they can be very professionally edited mini films or they can just be the camera following you around doing stuff. So uh, Connor, who's on this video, he's a watchmaker. So if we got to see the inner, inner working of a complicated watch and um, I don't know, maybe he did a time lapse video of, of how long it took, but sped it up and, you know, all the, the, the crazy moving parts that might be interesting. Now, Connor says, I'm never showing anyone the inside of my watch and me making it. This is my secret. But then if we knew it was this big secret and then he finally made a film about it, we'd be like, ah, um, you know, and that would that would create more desire. If you look at not, uh, Netflix, of course, um, documentaries are really, really popular, but you can be a documentarian. Uh, and there are young kids on YouTube now who are essentially documenting. Um, Logan Paul, he does these sort of funny, crazy little videos. He's huge. They're mini documentaries and they can be a few minutes long. They don't have to be hours long. But um, documenting everything you do and creating these sort of behind the scenes mini films um, definitely that's the level up and that's what the bigger influencers tend to do. That'll make your YouTube channel go wild. People do appreciate the good production if you're able to do good production. A lot of it's in the editing. So someone who I'm friends with, Nicole Arbor, uh, she's been on my podcast. Um, she just sits with a little halo light behind the, um, probably a phone. And she's just got like a, a white or a gray background. Uh, and she goes on these sort of rants and she does her comedy stuff and she makes some um, usually quite contrarian or controversial statements. Um, and then she edits them really well. It's just a plain backdrop. It's just her actually sitting down on the floor with one light. The setup probably is the cost of a phone and a little light. It's virtually nothing. But the way she edits it, she cuts it really quickly. She moves in different positions. She puts on these different voices. She goes into dialogue and it's really good. And she makes little mini documentaries, just her sitting and talking to camera. So I would definitely start, uh, you know, implementing that a little bit more. The fourth thing then is collaborations. So collaborations, joint ventures, people shouting you out, doing split screen lives on Instagram, doing split screen lives uh, on Facebook, um, doing Zoom split screen lives, you going on other people's podcasts, people coming on your podcast, you going on other people's YouTubes, people going on your YouTube, um, you getting a shout out on their Instagram, you giving them a shout out on Instagram. This is huge. This is huge, huge, huge. Now, one thing that people often worry about is, oh, well, who's going to shout me out or who's going to want to do some kind of collaboration with me? Well, what you do is you start with people at about your level or maybe even a bit above. Um, and then as you do more of them and you get more following and more following and more following, you're able to move up the food chain, if you like, uh, and able to go to a, a higher level. Now, um, on Instagram, I have about 34,000, I think, followers. So that's good, but it's not earth, earth shatteringly huge. But I'll do a collaboration with anyone from 10,000 up, maybe. It depends on them. Um, and often people who've got 130 or 150,000 followers have done a collaboration with me. I actually did a collaboration with someone who's got nearly a million followers. So if they like you and what you're about, or if you interview them, but you do it on both channels, so it positions them, 
then you can punch above your weight if you like. Um, I go on a lot of podcasts. I've been going on one every day. I've had an interview virtually every day now for the last few weeks, maybe the odd weekend missed. Going on other people's podcasts is huge because you're going to reach their audience, which means you're going to get more listeners to your podcast or more people on your YouTube channel or more people on your Facebook page or wherever you're directing them. Um, and then you're going to grow your audience organically. Now, organic is a bit slower than the, the paid ads. The paid ads forces the growth, but organic will generally give you a more loyal follower. It will generally give you a better spender, increased lifetime client value. Um, so don't dismiss collaborations. You can pay for collaborations. So um, Blinkist, pay, Blinkist pay me £105 per thousand listens. So they pay me really good money. Um, I would pay someone with a good database and a good following to maybe promote my book or promote an online course I've got coming up or promote my podcast. I would definitely do that. Um, and people might do the same for you, by the way, as you build up your audience. Or what about people you just like? Or, or what about people that are in different industries that are non-competing? Or what about people in the same industry to get everyone talking? You collaborate with a competitor. That would get everyone to talk. There's really no end to the collaborations you could do. You could do brand collaborations. Of course, they're huge uh, on Instagram. You can pay for shout outs on people's Instagram as well. So um, yeah, these are huge. Now, what you need to start doing is you need to start reaching out to people and making these collaboration suggestions. Go at people at your level or even try and punch a bit above your weight. If you have a podcast now, all of a sudden you've got collaboration opportunities because you can go on their podcast and they can go on yours. I've done joint venture podcasts where we've done a discussion or a podcast interview together, one, and then it's gone on both of our shows and we've launched it on the same day. So so that's quite a, a novel way of doing it. Or you get interviewed on their show and then they get interviewed on your show. And you can, like I said, you can do the same with YouTube. So yeah, great opportunities for collaborations. Okay, what's that? One, two, three, we're on four, four or 14 so far. Like I said, I'm going to go quite deep on this one. Uh, five then is getting big guests. Now I want you to suspend your disbelief that it's hard to punch above your weight and get big guests. Because when I started my podcast, I was not necessarily that well known and I was getting bigger guests. I was punching above my weight um, and you can do the same. But a big guest will give you great reach and great leverage. Um, now the bigger the guest may be, the more of a following they're going to want you to have. Um, But some people will uh, go on a podcast, for example, and not ask for the following because they know your podcast or your YouTube video is an asset. So with a YouTube video, if you've got a YouTube channel, obviously they can see your subscribers and views. And if you normally have 30 or 40 views and you have 70 subscribers, some of the big dogs maybe won't do it. But if you pay a a couple of big dogs, you'll be surprised how much you might be able to get some big dogs for not some big bucks and get a couple on there to get that going. And then you've got the social proof that they've been on there and, and then you're likely to get more. But with podcasts, so I'm currently recording this in case this could be a podcast episode in the future. With podcasts, no one can see your subscriber numbers and no one can see your download numbers. Um, so, you know, they might just think, I like the concept of the show or I hear it's a good show. Um, and, and, you know, you might get a big guest on your podcast. Now, um, when you get a big guest on your podcast on your YouTube channel, um, your numbers go up exponentially. Like I've had seven or eight billionaires And some of the billionaires have not had that many downloads. I've had Katie Hopkins and David Icke and Jordan Peterson. And between those three people, we've had nearly three million downloads or listens. Um, And and that probably dwarfs 
another 20 or 30 or 40 combined. So big guests are sometimes controversial. There's sometimes big names in your industry. There's sometimes people with massive followings. They're not always that well known. They're sometimes a bit left field. I sometimes go a bit left field with um, thinking about a guest that most people wouldn't necessarily think um, is the exact sweet spot concept for my show. And that often gets people talking. Don't be scared to shoot for the big fish. I reckon if you went for a hundred big fish, I reckon even if you had no name at all, you might get two or three or four people who would agree. You've just got to go and shoot for the big fish. It's worth it. Get a couple of big fish and you'll get more big fish. And like I said, if you, um, I don't pay for my guests. Um, I've given ch- money to charity for one who was a massive guest. And I, I paid another guest a, a small amount of money because I was a, a super fan of his. Um, but other than that, that's two out of over 100 guests I've had that I haven't paid for. Would I pay for a big name guest? Yes, because it's not just about that guest. It's the other guests you can attract because of that guest. So that has a compounding effect. That's why you should have a YouTube channel. That's why you should have a, um, a podcast. Now, by the way, um, you will listen to <clears throat> other modules before this and after this on the Social Media Accelerator and the Social Media Influencer. Um, so it already have been covered that you should have all of the social media platforms. Um, but you, you should have a YouTube channel. You should have a Facebook page. You should have a Facebook group. Obviously, you have your Facebook profile. You should have um, a podcast. should uh, be active on Twitter. should be active on Instagram and maybe even TikTok now moving forward. Um, and then when people can see you on all the social media, they go, oh, okay. So this person is active across social media. And then they Google your name. If you Google my name, in fact, let me do it now. I'm a bit reticent because I lost my notes before doing this, but let's just try it. Um, Because this is interesting. Uh, Well, I think, and I think you'll find it interesting. So when you Google my name, top is robmore.com, my website. But second are my latest YouTube videos, although one of them's from November 19th. Third is robmore.com forward slash about Rob. But fourth is my Twitter feed. Um, fifth is my podcast, sixth is LinkedIn, seventh is YouTube, eighth is Facebook, ninth is Progressive Property About Me, and tenth is Amazon. So I'm an author, so I've got an Amazon page. So we've got Amazon, you could count that as social media if you're an author. Amazon, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, podcast, Twitter. We've got six of my social media platforms in the first 10 ranked on um, on, on page one of Google for my name. So when you have all these social media platforms, people Google you and go, bloody hell, he's definitely, if you look on the right hand side, you've got my books, Life, Leverage, Money, Start Now, Get Perfect Later, I'm Worth More. So you can actually see, I look like a legitimate influencer, you know, with all of the um, profiles that I've got. And, and by the way, I could have only been doing this three months, but I'm active on those channels. So I could create a good perception that, you know, I'm quite a big influencer. And I actually have a Wikipedia, but it's really interesting that my Wikipedia doesn't rank on page one. Um, so my social media out- outranks my Wikipedia. Let's have a look. Um, YouTube, Twitter, Goodreads. Hmm. I'm going to have to ask my, um, my guy about that. Let's have a look. Um, I'll come back to that. In fact, do you mind if I just do it now? Because I, um, I know I'll forget. Hope you're finding this useful, by the way. I'm trying to make it a little bit more deep and holistic and advanced and maybe, you know, general videos you might get on social media about being an influencer. So stay with me because I'm going to go deep and long. Um, Where has my Wikipedia page gone? All right, then. Um, So someone's asked, how do you reach big guests? (laughs) 
For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector, I'm a watch investor, and those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United, and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk. And he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him. I've used him for many years. And recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you, if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation, to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. Um, so I'm going to give you a few little tips. Um, Instagram on a Sunday evening works really well. Um, it seems that a lot of big influencers, I just randomly accidentally did this. We, we reached out to quite a few influencers and we got four big names all replied saying yes on a Sunday evening. We thought, what's going on here? And I wonder if on a Sunday evening, they actually check their own social media platforms where maybe on other days they're managed. So private messaging on Instagram work really well. I find that um, sometimes voice memos work well because they're a bit of a pattern interrupt. Not always, but, but sometimes. I mean, getting connected from someone works really well. Um, asking on your social media platforms, hey, look, I want to um, interview Jordan Peterson or Billy Munger or Michael Bisping or Vivian Westwood or Damien Hurst or whoever, um, and saying, hey, look, does anyone know them? And I actually bagged three really, really good guests just by going on my Facebook page and saying, hey, look, I'm, I'm really interested in interviewing X. Does anyone know them? And a cousin of um, the person knows them or their, their old mindset coach or whatever. So if, if you ask on your social media platforms, you'll be very surprised pleasantly surprised. And I'll come to another strategy on how to bag them in a minute, which is really good. Okay, next then, what we're on, number six, something like that is interviews. So interviews are great because you get to be next to really successful people. So I interviewed Jordan Peterson. Um, you know, I've interviewed a huge amount of lots of billionaires, hundred millionaires, people on Dragon's Den, sports stars and personalities, World Cup winners, you know, you name it. And what you do is you get the vicarious association. Of course, you've always got the video and the picture. Um, and we're in a land now where there's a lot more interviews and it's a bit more of a normal thing. And people will be interviewed on podcasts and YouTube channels, not just on BBC and national TV and radio. Um, and of course, the great thing about doing that interview is you can then put it on your podcast on audio and you can put it on your YouTube and you can put it on LinkedIn. Um, and actually, you could take little cuts and put it on Instagram. So uh, later I'll cover repurposing long form. Um, but with StreamYard now, for example, or other platforms where you can go live and then it lives it out on all platforms, you're able to create a much bigger perception of your reach and influence because previously you've only really been able to go live on one platform. So, right, right, we'll go Facebook Live now and then, all right, we'll do Instagram Live tomorrow. And all right, if you've got LinkedIn, we'll do LinkedIn Live the next day. But now you can set up on StreamYard. Um, and then you can just put the logins in and you should try this, by the way. And then you can do one live to your camera, but then you can simultaneously go to LinkedIn if you've got the LinkedIn live function, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook groups and YouTube. 
So you could simultaneously live in five or six or 10 different places. And then if you're interviewing someone, they could simultaneously live on their platforms too. So you do one video, but it simultaneously goes to 10 places. And whereas you might have had a thousand followers now, now all of a sudden it goes to 10,000 followers, or you had 10,000 and now it goes to 100,000. Um, and of course with interviews, the great thing about interviews, is not just the good content you get from the guest, but you get reached to their audience. So I've had nearly a million views on my video with Jordan Peterson and nearly a million views on my video with David Icke, which for my YouTube channel is high. Um, and that's because I would say 80% at least of those views are their audience, not mine. So when you, do, when you interview people, you reach their audience. Now, by the way, of course, there's this massive echelon of A-list celebrities. Then you, you know, you've got the B or C list, which might be a little bit more accessible. But you've also got this middle echelon. People have got 30, 50, 100,000 followers on Instagram. Billionaires who haven't really got much social media presence and want to build their social media presence. Um, you know, or really successful people, but not mainstream celebrities. They're all great guests too. Um, there's so many different uh, guests that you can get with great stories. Um, and then, like I said, the interview, the interview concept people really like. Uh, there's so many upsides of interviews. So start doing interviews, my friends. All right. What have we got next? Rants. Wow. So, I mean, look, uh, uh, there's Black Lives hashtag, Black Lives Matter hashtag. And there's a lot of people ranting about, you know, what they believe. And I'm not going to go into the rights and wrongs of this, by the way. But all you have to do is use that hashtag and put a post or a video and you're going to get a lot of engagement. And then, of course, there's riots after that. Um, of course, there's been covid um, and the lockdown in the early weeks of the lockdown, when I was just putting lockdown or quarantine or COVID into my lives, I was getting three or four or five times the number of views. Um, uh, and so if you've got something that you believe passionately and you get on your soapbox and you go for it with passion. And by the way, a rant can be something you're angry about. It can be something you stand for or against, or it can just be something that you're passionate about. But when you show emotion, people love it. If you've had real pain, share that pain as long as you're prepared and happy to share it. Um, if you're really angry about something, you can rant about it. Now, you've got to think about your brand here. And some people, they just rant about everything. And I think you just rant about everything and therefore it just all blurs into nothingness. I think it's way more powerful when you rant about something you really believe in and you do it relatively infrequently so it doesn't become a gimmick. But look, there's people out there. I mean, Russell Brand is commenting on virtually everything that goes on in the media, and that's really growing his brand, as is Nicole Arbour. She's commenting on virtually everything that goes on in the media again, and they're doing podcasts and things on it. JPC as does. He does his comedy videos. I'm interviewing JP again um, very soon um, for my podcast. And, you know, he or a lot of his comedy videos are what's happening right now. So they're all their own forms of rants in their own styles. Rants not just about how much you shout. It's about the position and the stance you take and what you stand for and, um, you know, in, in, in the news jacking of and commenting on what's going on in the media right now. Hi, it's Rob here interrupting you with something you may not know about me. I was one of the few people on the planet hand selected by Facebook to pilot their new supporter program. It's a very small premium model where you can get exclusive content and advance notice or discount of new products and services. So this is what I've done for you. Not only can you get best discounts for any training that we might run, not only do you get notified first of any launches we do, we also do supporter meetups, 
supporter dinners, supporter WhatsApp groups where you have a, a deeper community. I do supporter only Ask Me Anythings. I do supporter only content and podcasts. We have a community of 2,500 supporters and I'd love to give you the chance to be one of those. I believe this is the best supporter program in the whole world. Find me a better one, but I don't think you will. So the link is bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. That's bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. I believe the gap between free content and paid content is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's a lot of free content out there that's maybe not that good. And for just a few dollars a month, you can get the best content on business, on entrepreneurship, on starting up, on scaling up, on sales, on marketing, on the mindset of being an entrepreneur. So go to bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R right now. Um, Now, uh, if you were to look at my podcast downloads, you'd find three types of episodes that get the best downloads. Uh, uh, Third place is the specific how-to content, you know, 14 ways to become a social media influencer, the five best money-making strategies of 2020. They, They are the third highest downloaded type of episode. The second is actually the interview with the big guest. You'd have thought that would be the first, but that's the second. The first, the highest, is my rants. And the more I rant and the more I go to town and the more passionate and enthusiastic and and even frustrated and annoyed and, and whatever I am, the more downloads they seem to get. Now, the key with this is it being real, not using it as a gimmick, because a lot of people do. Um, I do tend to rant quite a lot, but um, what you'll find with me is I do a rant every week when I'm in a ranty mode, but then you won't see a rant from me for three or four weeks on my Wednesday Rob Rants episodes on the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast, because I'm not going to rant for the sake of it. I'll rant if I've got something to rant about. Otherwise, I won't. Otherwise, it becomes a gimmick. All right. Next, then, is the volume of your content. If you want to be a proper, legit in it, Um, social media influencer, you have got to up your game on content. And by the way, there's a mirror there because I'm saying that about myself first. So you go from one a week to three a week to one a day to uh, one a day per platform to two a day per platform to three a day per platform to four to five. Um, Now, I've been testing this for many years. And here's what I've found. I've found on Instagram, you could go four, five, six times a day you could post um, and there probably wouldn't be any real restriction in reach. Although you want to make sure you check your reach just to check that it's not going down because you're pounding the platform. Um, LinkedIn, I found when we got to two a day, the reach did go down. And if you have a, a LinkedIn post, by the way, that starts to get really good momentum, you should leave it and not post again soon and let it breathe and mature. But otherwise, we're finding about 10 a week is about the ideal volume on LinkedIn. On my Facebook page, we do two to three videos a day and then another one to three image quotes or short text posts. So we're talking, what, four to six posts a day. And and that's not killing the reach, really, or not that much. I'd take a little bit of killing of the reach. Let's say, for example, I might get a reach of 15,000 if I did one post a day. But when I did 10 posts a day, on average, I only get 8,000. Or I did five posts a day and only get 8,000 per post. That's still 40,000 reach instead of 10,000, even though per post it's less. Um, So... Uh, you know, upping the volume of your content really works. In my Facebook groups that I I run, I find about two a day is optimum. Um, In other people's Facebook groups, I find three a week is about optimum. Um, On LinkedIn, I've already covered about 10 a day. On Instagram, I've already covered many times, you know, two, three, four a day. On YouTube, um, maybe between one a week and one a day. 
Um, it obviously, of course, depends on the quality of your content, but we're finding our subscribers and our total views is going up and up and up the more we're, we're posting. Someone's just said here, how do you um, find time to make a living? Well, social media is a big part of my brand and my living. This content is the more advanced content on becoming a, a legit social media influencer. But actually, I probably only do, on average, 90 minutes of social media content a day, maybe two hours of social media content a day. Now, when I'm doing a live, I'm often recording it as a podcast. When I'm being interviewed for someone else's podcast, I'm often doing it as a live on my own page. So I'm repurposing the content. Of course, when I'm on someone else's show, I'm going to get reach and listenership from their audience. I'm growing my brand, you know, continually. I'm see, being seen all the time, which obviously has mind space, um, you know, benefits. So you just want to keep leveling up. Now, by the way, um, you'll get taught this in other modules on the Social Media Influencer and Accelerator course. Um, but stage zero of social media is actually just having profiles set up. Stage one is having them well populated. Stage two is starting to post uh, consistently. Stage three is getting really high volume and repurposing content from platform to platform. Um, stage four, the proper influencer stage, the proper influencer stage um, is unique content per platform, which is where we're moving towards and we're trying to do. Now, James has just said here, yeah, it sounds like much longer um, or I, I, people think I'm on social media all day. I'm repurposing and, you know, we're um, cutting up different bits of content and putting it on different platforms. So we're getting that benefit and that leverage. Like I said, oh, I nearly always put my Zoom H1 on when I'm doing a live video. And then when you finish the live video, I've got a finish button here on the right hand side. And then it says save and you can hit the save button and you save it to your phone. And then I retransfer it to my video guy. And now he can put that on LinkedIn and he can put that on YouTube and he can cut it up for um, Instagram and then he can re repurpose it you know, in six months time when um, it becomes relevant or something blows up in the news and he's got content on it from me, he can then, um, you know, put it on social media to sort of to, to leverage that blowing up, that news jacking as it's known. Um, so that gives the perception that you're on social media all day, every day, when in fact you're not. Okay, next thing then. So people always ask me, look, how do you get big names? How do you get big guests? How do you get collaboration opportunities? How do you get sponsorships? Which is all part of being a, a bona fide social media influencer. And I believe the single best way to do it is to get a pen and paper out, buy some nice coloured embossed paper from Smithson, S-M-Y-T-H-S-O-N, and handwrite some letters. Um, I get lots of responses from handwritten letters um, and target the big names of the people that you want to attract, the big sponsors, the big guests, the big collaborators and hand write them a letter uh, uh, and actually take time to find out what you like about them, what you admire about them. Don't talk about yourself. Um, keep it general that, you know, you'd like to have them on your show or look at a collaboration or a sponsorship opportunity. If you handwrite them a letter, I promise you, as long as that gets to the right person, that's going to get open, that's going to get read. If you had a lovely blue envelope came through the, uh, the post and it handwritten address, you would open that because you only get those at birthday and Christmas on those cards. You never get them any other time. So really, I've told a lot of people this and they're not doing it. If you wrote one letter a day, that's two letters a day. You're at 700 letters a year. Um, you, you get a much higher response rate from letters than you do any other form of communication. Okay, next then is news jacking. And I've sort of covered it a bit, but I'll cover it in a bit more detail. So what news jacking is, is leveraging the existing energy in the media. So um, if Conor McGregor wins or loses a fight, if Tyson Fury gets knocked down for nine seconds, then he gets back up. If Victoria Beckham is being accused of 
um, you know, being able to use furloughing her staff when she's worth 400 million. Or if Richard Branson is looking to get a bailout by the um, the government for one of his airlines, even though he's a, a billionaire, or if there's Black Lives Matter, or if there's riots or, or COVID or some big thing in the news, then um, th- that has massive energy and everyone's already talking about it and thinking about it. And then when you do content on it, a live video or a post, and you put the hashtag in, um, if that's relevant, then that post will get a lot more reach, especially on LinkedIn. So I have had um, newsjacking posts that have got millions of views on LinkedIn, millions and millions, whereas you know a normal good post of mine get, might get reach of 50,000 or something like that. So you can get 30 or 40 times the reach with good newsjacking. Now, my rule for newsjacking is only comment on stuff that I feel credible to comment or I have a desire or urge to comment um, you know, I feel like I've got some knowledge around that because I don't want to be a dancing monkey and I don't want to use gimmicks. And Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to talk about this, even though I know fuck all about it. Um, I didn't actually engage in the Black Lives Matter because I'm a you know, relatively privileged white male. What do I know about it? And I saw people jumping in and I thought, you know what, you're just bandwagoning here. Um, and, and I'm not sure that that's credible in the long run. Although if you just did newsjacking content, honestly, you'd build a massive following. You really would. But you might not have your own identity. And I've got my own brand and my own identity. Um, so ma- major announcements and events in the mainstream media. If you, did, if you talked about the royal wedding or Trump being elected, you know, all of this stuff, um, you know, this would be, uh, this would just get, it would go viral. Your own post can go viral just on those hashtags and trends. You can check what's trending. You can check the hashtags. Just just quickly check what's in the news very early every morning. Newsjacking really works. And then what you do is that builds your following and then you make other commercial posts or your own content in between the newsjacks. The reason I don't newsjack all the time is because also I, I want my brand to be about me and I want people to know what I do. So if it's all newsjacking, they wouldn't know what my products and services and books and podcasts and courses and mentoring or masterminding is. And I want them to know that. So I probably newsjack every two or three weeks on average. Um, and like I said, I want, I want, like if I do some, a newsjacking post, if someone challenges me and challenges my viewpoint, I want to be able to go, do you know what? I've got an opinion here and this is what I believe. And I want to have some credibility and knowledge and experience to stand up to it. Um, so that's my view. Okay, next then is contrarian views. So anything that you believe that's different, that's surprising, that is against the masses, that is unusual, that is left field, that is maybe not that popular, that will become a popular social media post. Why you think X is wrong, um, why you think the opposite of what everyone thinks on Y, um, or how you believe you have disproved Z. I did a live feed just this morning, which got some pretty good reach already. And I said, why confidence isn't a thing and what it really is. Because I believe people get, get confidence confused and I don't think that they understand what it is. And I don't think any, it is anything holistic. And I did a video on that and that got really good reach. And people really like that video because I, when you surprise someone's mind, they go, oh, you sort of pattern interrupt and they stop and go, hmm. Because if you think about it, if I give you content and you just go, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I agree with that. It kind of feels good that, you know, we're relating, but you don't really get any extra value out of me. If I just tell you what you already know all the time, you're going, to like, oh, pretty boring in the end. Yeah, I already knew that. already knew that. Whereas if I surprise you a bit, maybe even shock you a bit, maybe even get you to really analyze and think, uh, change the way you think or challenge the way you think, you're going to value that. And you're going, yeah, you know what? I'd not thought of it like that before. I always thought confident was X. But actually, Rob, now you say it's actually Y. And actually Y is Z. 
hmm, yeah, I, I think I could think I could explore that further. And, and people engage and then they share because people like to share things that make them look good and things that make them look good are things that other people don't know about. Now, this is the big thing with sharing. Sorry, my leg's gone a bit numb, so I just have to stretch it out. Oh, let's just go over here for a bit. Ow. So um, people will share things that make them look good. And this is a really important point. Um, you know, so if you know when people see stuff that's funny and they share it, like dog or cat memes or whatever, they're not actually sharing it because it's funny. They're sharing it because they want everyone else to see that they have shared something funny. So this is a really key distinction. People share stuff that makes them look good. So if you can create content, whether it's funny or interesting or contrarian, um, you know, makes a really good point, people will share it because it makes them look whatever it is. It makes them look funny. It makes them look intellectual. It makes them look contrarian. So that's a, a really, it took me years to learn that, by the way. Um, but ultimately, if you want a lot more shares, then um, you want content to make people look a certain way. Um, and so then it's on their page and it's almost like it's their own post, even though it's not. Um, now, something else about sharing is if you ask people to share, they'll share. Uh, now, I don't ask people to share straight up. You know, when you go, hi, it's Rob Moore here. And hi, Ryan. And hi, Mark. And hi, James. How you doing? Hi, Connor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Deirdre. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Magnus. Hi, Aaron. You know, you find that a bit annoying. And then if I go, hi, it's Rob Moore here. Please like and share this. Well, you're like, well, what is it? I can't like and share what I don't know what it is. But if we get this far in and you think, you know what, this is good content. So I will now ask you to share. Let's do a little test. So if you think this content has been really good, if you think that it's useful and, and maybe um, not what everyone else normally teaches and you've learned something and a couple of the bits surprise you, whatever, please will you hit the share button? I'd be really grateful. Um, and I'll go back and have a little look later on the video and see how that does. But usually if I ask for a share and I don't ask all the time because I don't think I would never ask for a share because I like, shouldn't have to ask for a share and asking for a share is a bit desperate. I'm not going to ask for a share. Look at me. Yeah. Uh, but that's just my own um, baggage, I suppose. Uh, but actually, what I find is if you ask for a share, you normally get anywhere from four to eight times the number of shares. That's what I find than an organic post that people will just share if they choose to. So four to 800% more shares if you just ask for a share. So again, if you found this useful, if you're watching it live, um, please could you share it? Um, obviously, oh, for goodness sake, keep dropping the blooming camera. Um, obviously, if you're watching this in the social media influencer masterclass, you aren't able to share it. Okay. Um, oh, we were on news jacking, weren't we? And then I added sharing in. So Nick, um, have we covered contrarian views? So um, I think we've covered that. All right. Next one then is the titles. So the titles of your lives, your podcast, your YouTube videos are really important. Your blogs. You know, if you see someone go live and there's no title, you're, that, you will always see that that has not anywhere near the same engagement. So you need to have really good, sexy titles. Now, the ideal is for her to have a clickbaity title, but actually back it up and deliver, you know, zero to a million in um, three months, but actually back it up with proof. I mean, that's clickbaity. Um, and if you can't back that up, then that's spam. Um, but if you can make some really racy, sexy titles, but actually back it up, then that's really good. Like the two best ways I know to make money. 
um, or the two biggest income generating strategies I've ever seen. You know, that, they would be quite clickbaity. Um, and if I can back them up with proof in my content, then I'm winning. Um, you want to do some research on high volume keywords on Google Analytics. Their keyword tool is really good. Or on YouTube, you can look for um, high search keywords in your niche. Or you can do hashtag or trending research and find out what the key, um, like, um, not clickbaity, but the key um, high volume keywords are and try and slip them into your title. So let's do a bit of research. If you're stuck, go on Google and type in, you know, top performing headlines for emails, top performing headlines for YouTube videos, top performing headlines for social media posts. And there'll be um, websites like Mashable or Digital Marketer that have done loads of research, loads and loads of research over the years and got all the stats. Some of them will even tell you the types of titles that work really well, you know, the style of title. Um, and then you can create a title from that. So a bit of research goes a long way. Um, my old copywriting um, trainer used to say, you, if you're going to write a 10-page letter, you should spend half the time on the title and half the time on the 10-page letter. Because it's really important. A great title will pull someone in. A, a, a lukewarm title, no interest whatsoever. It won't get them to stop. Because remember, on social media, people are scrolling, 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 scrolling. What makes me stop? Hmm, why would I stop there? Okay, next then is commenting on big influencers. So this especially works best, I reckon, on Instagram now. Probably did in Facebook in the earlier years, but YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, other social media platforms, follow all the big influencers in your niche and um, bigger, wider influencers. Uh, those that don't engage at all and don't ever comment in their social media, this probably won't work as well. So maybe you won't want to so much follow those. But the big influencers that go in and do reply to their comments, you want to start commenting on their work. Because what you'll find is each time you comment on them, you'll get people come and look at your page, people come and look at your page, and you'll get natural new followers from commenting on big influencers. Now, if they reply to you and engage with you, with you which they might one in 10 or one in 20 comments that you put in, I don't know, then you could get 50, 100, 1,000, 5,000 or more. Now, I had 30,000 views in less than a, a day um, uh, on my Instagram page when um, I replied to Dan, Dan Bilzeri in one of his posts and he replied to me. And then it all kicked off. There was a massive sub thread and I was equally getting um, praised for my comment and trolled. And it just sent 30,000 people over to my page in no time. We've got thousands of new subscribers. And I've, I've managed to do that quite a few times now. That was the biggest one. But I've probably gained six or 7,000 new followers just commenting on other people's posts. Now, um, I'm, I'm not like, it's not a hack in that I've not got like a little script and I'm not trying to steal their followership. I'm literally just commenting on their posts. Now, what I've learned over time is if you uh, create debate or you disagree with them, then you get even more. So some people just troll and I hate trolling and I would never troll and I don't want people to troll me. So I don't troll people. I don't criticize them overly. I don't lay into them or whatever. But what I do is if they, if they post something and I disagree with it fundamentally or I think I've got a contrarian view, I'll just say, look, love, I'm, I love your work. I'm not sure I agree with this. Have you thought about this? Because I don't know uh, if you think that maybe um, this is better or that is wrong. And so I'll give you an example of this. Um, Dan Bilzerian put a post up of him kicking a kick bag and he put hashtag no days off. And I went, um, love your work, Dan, but I'm not sure no days off is healthy. I bet you have had one day off. Go on, be honest. And, uh, you know, if we're promoting no days off, is that maybe bad for your energy, your mental health, your longevity? What do you think? I didn't like criticize him. I didn't go, go off on him. 
But I put an opposing view, which I believed. I did it on um, Sarah Rafferty, who's um, Donna in Suits, when she talked about, um, she really stood behind Serena Williams, you know, when she got, um, she got docked that point and she ended up losing, I think got disqualified. Um, and she had a go at the umpire. And I just said, look, I'm a big fan of Serena, but should she be shouting and screaming at umpires? Should she be outing umpires? They're the umpire, they're in charge of the game. What do you think? And again, I got thousands of people join my page from that. Now, when you do that, by the way, you'll get a load of shit from their fans as well, so I'm just saying. Um, so I always try and write it fairly elegantly, but I try and show a different viewpoint. I haven't done it so much nowadays because I've been busy on my own stuff, but it does work. And by the way, I don't have a problem with it. I don't think it's leechy or just trying to nick their following because that's what social media is being social. It's commenting on other people's work. And so if you see something that gets under your skin or you disagree with or you want to make a, a strong comment on, bloody well do it. Um, and then finally, the final one, I think we've covered 15 in here because I slipped in the extra one about getting shares. Um, and that is repurposing long form. So uh, what are we here now? We're 47 minutes into this piece of content. So I could if I wanted. I'm not going to because um, this is actually for the social media influencer course, a paid for course. But um, I've got this on backup on my um, Zoom H1. So this could actually become a podcast. You know, it could be a go on my disruptive entrepreneur. Um, this could also get cut into maybe, um, I don't know, four or five um, cuts to go on um, Instagram. Maybe there's two or three sections that could go on LinkedIn. Um, and you know, maybe in the future, this whole recording could be on YouTube. Maybe in the future, because YouTube, you can have longer videos. Or maybe in the future, I could repost it in my social media um, groups on, on Facebook. Um, so, for example, my Disruptive Entrepreneur Facebook group. So there's, what, six or seven uses for this one piece of content. And the longer form content you go obviously the more repurposable it is. So my editor could watch this and go, oh, that's a good one minute excerpt for Instagram. We made a good point there and a good point there. I've covered 15 things here, so it could take that part and that part and that part. Um, uh, and then all of a sudden, one piece of content is five or 10 or 15 pieces of content. If you're ever doing public speeches, record them. You could put your whole public speech on audio um, uh, or, or on YouTube. Um, if you're, if you're ever having a mentoring conversation, ask your mentee if you could record it. That could become a podcast um, or go live, do a live mentoring session. Um, my, my business partner, Jamie York, he does that. He goes live and does mentoring sessions live. And that's a, a really good thing to do. So there's loads of ways you can repurpose content if you're smart. And that's why it looks like I'm on social media for 10 hours a day. And I'm actually on average 90 minutes to two hours a day. Um, and by the way, the more time I spend on social media, the more it seems to benefit my brand, my business, my reach, my exposure, my followers, my fans, my trickle down revenue. So it's not like um, it's a waste of time. I'm not doing it as a distraction of something else. Um, now, look, uh, we've, I've got the supporter program. I've got the stars program and I've just been granted. Um, I'm one of the very first in the world. I wonder if I'll be the first in the world. I'm certainly in the very first in the world where I can now do paid for live streams on Facebook. So I'm um, just going to talk you through these a little bit because these are, again, really much more advanced social media strategies. They're not all accessible to you yet. So I'm um, you know, giving you a, a bit of content that um, you know, maybe is for the future or, or really is advanced. Um, but the supporter program on Facebook is now being scaled out to the masses. When I got the supporter program a year ago, it was still in beta and I wasn't the first to get it. But I was, I was in the first very small 0.1% or whatever. Um, I don't know what the stats are, but hardly any people still have supporter today. And what supporter is on Facebook is it's premium content on Facebook. So um, people can um, pay a subscription between $3.49 and I don't know, there's $4.99, $9.99. I think there's higher levels. 
And then what you do as, an, as the influencer is you give premium content, advanced notice and or um, you know, discounts and special offers. That was all the criteria. I added in meetups, I added in shout outs, I added in WhatsApp groups, I added in one-to-one -one phone calls, I added in new groups, um, I added in social events, masterminds, and I created, I believe, I've never seen anyone who's got a um, more valuable um, supporter program than me, never. Actually, if you watch this live, there's quite a few people who are supporters because they get the supporter badge. Um, I, I don't know if you're watching live, if you want to let everyone know what you think of the support program, if you think I'd give good value. And by the way, before the lo lockdown, I was able to give double the value, but right now in the lockdown, there's things I can't do. Um, and Facebook gave me that because, um, you know, I was hitting key metrics and they deemed me to be an influencer. Now, in the rest of the social media influencer course, this will all be covered, but I'm going to give you an insight into this. So I've got a Facebook account manager uh, and I was quite blown away with why I got supporters because there's people, there's loads of people I know with way bigger following than me and they don't have the supporter program. And there's people with millions of followers and they have the supporter program and they have like a, a fifth or the sixth of the number of supporters I have. And it was blowing me away. I was like, well, why is this going so well and why am I getting chosen? And I spoke to my Facebook account manager. Uh, and this is what she told me. She said, the first thing is the consistency of your content. She said, you post regularly and consistently. Now, she also gave me a bit of feedback. She said, if you post the same time on the same day, like you do Monday motivation and throwback Tuesday and I don't know, um, Wisdom Wednesday and, you know, those kind of things. And you do them at 8 p.m. and you have a theme. She said, I'd get even more reach and even more followers and I'd, I'd build like this goodwill like you know when you, a, a, a tv show is on the same time every thursday evening on tv and people would look forward to it but i'd been going live at 8 30 a.m and 8 p.m without telling people that for years and so she said my consistency gave me a big tick the next thing was the loyalty uh, and she said i have one of the most loyal followings she'd seen which means loyalty is people coming back and watching again and again and again uh, many of you, you know, who are live now, so I can see Conrad's here, Iram's here. Uh, you know, I know these people now because they watch many of my videos. Connor watches many of my videos. James has recently. Hina watches a lot of them. Andrew and, and Paz have watched quite a few recently. Sharon's on many of them. Lorraine, how are you? Amazing book launch. Well done. Monica from Australia. She started to watch quite a lot of them. Um, so loyalty comes from giving good content comes from being consistent, comes from engaging with your audience. This was the next thing she said. She said your engagement is really high. And they don't just measure engagement by, you know, you've got a million followers. They measure engagement relative to how many followers you've got. So how many comments do you have? How many shares do you have? Do you go and reply um, and engage with your audience? You know, how close are you to your audience? Um, and she said that, you know, we have a very engaged loyal following and I use the platform regularly. There's a couple of other things which will be covered in the remainder of the social media influencer course. So I'll leave that. Um, but you want to start doing those things because even if you haven't got supporters now, um, if you look in Creator Studio on your page, so Kieran's going to do a slot on managing the analytics and Creator Studio on um, Facebook in this social media influencer masterclass. So that will be covered. But in there, you've got key metrics to get all the monetization tools. So there's ad revenue on the videos, there's supporters, there's stars. There's now this unlocked feature of paid for Facebook Live. So we now have four people 
in Facebook that we have, you know, that manage us or we have regular communication with. By the way, you could spend 10 million pound a year on Facebook ads and you'd never hear anything from Facebook. Getting a Facebook account manager or getting people in Facebook to, you know, email you personally, it's like it's unicorn. Just doesn't happen. And, and people are gobsmacked when I tell them how many we've got. But what happens is it, different people manage. Someone manages stars, someone manages supporters, someone manages lives, someone manages, um, you know, other features. Um, and, and so we've now got four of them. And um, it, you can go into the monetization tab on your creator studio and, and you can see some of the metrics you're required to unlock some of the monetization tools. So with supporters, you need a certain amount of followers. I think it's only a thousand. And then you need a certain amount of views. Um, and, you know, but here's the thing. The view isn't per video. The view is total. So let's say you need a thousand views, but you only get... Um, I don't know, 100 views per video, you do 10 views, you've got your 1,000, 10 videos, you've got your 1,000 views instead of just one video. And that's obviously more than that. But if you increase the volume of videos, you increase the volume of views, and then you hit the views metric as well as the um, number of likes metric, and then you start to qualify for supporters, and then in the future stars, and then in the future um, paid for live streams, etc. A lot of the social media platforms now, they're going premium. They're going big on premium, i.e. they're putting all these new paid for features in. Patreon have probably um, pushed them to do that. There'll be a Patreon session on the Social Media Influencer Masterclass. Um, Patreon is obviously huge. It's a platform where you can essentially set up levels and set up whatever content and offers and merch and value you want to give to your audience. And then they pay $4.99, $9.99, $19.99. Or you could, they could pay £500 on a recurring basis. So Facebook supporters, I guess, is the Facebook version of uh, Patreon. And of course, uh, TikTok have now just started um, monetizing and um, YouTube and other social media channels have these um, different features and functions of essentially currency. Stars, um, which is where um, you get to pay and donate via stars, which you pay for, um, to influencers and creators and content providers that you follow. It's essentially a currency on Facebook, which I think is going to grow. And but you, you could buy and sell um, merchandise. You could probably do auctions. And, um, you know, there's all, this could in, it become a whole currency in and of itself. Someone's even said to me, hey, Rob, I want to buy up a load of stars because I, I think they might go up in value. They're trying to sort of um, see them as an investment like crypto. The only thing is you can buy stars, but I don't think you can sell them yet. But they might become a buy, a buy, an exchange market. Um, but I've had videos where I've had five or six hundred pounds worth of stars given to me. Um, that's a lot for a video to get paid five or six hundred pounds for a video. I'd be on social media 12 hours a day if I was getting paid six hundred pounds a video. So this is really exciting, new, advanced social media tools that are out there. Keep following me. So if you follow me on my page, Rob Moore, Rob, well, it's actually called Rob Moore Progressive, but you find me and follow me on my page. Um, then, you know, I, I make a commitment to what I learn on being a social media influencer and giving all these tools, getting all these tools from Facebook, I share with you. Um, we've just now unlocked this feature. So in a couple of weeks time, we're actually doing a how to write a book because I did a, a poll. I said, look, if you want me to go live about something, I've got this new feature on Facebook. I'm thinking about using it. What would you like me to cover? Equally, what, what people voted for the most was um, how to write a book and how to launch a product. So I'm going to do both of those. Um, and the first one is how to write a book. I'm going to do a three or four hour live stream on Facebook. And I'm charging, I think, $15 or $19 for, for per person to join that live stream. Brand new feature on Facebook. Very exciting. I don't know how much revenue I'll generate from that. But, um, you know, that could be many thousands of pounds for a video that I might have done anyway. 
Um, so these monetization tools are coming in. Luminarius are charged. Um, podcast platform now. They seem to be more and more. I mean, we were in the land of the free, weren't we, for years. It was really annoying. Like if you put content out there, you have to give everything for free. Pull your pants down. Give it all for free. Do Everyone's saying do lives every day, videos and content every day for years, and you're not getting paid for it. And now there are all these brand new sexy monetization tools. It is a great time to be a social media influencer. You are in, even though you think you're not in at the beginning, you're in at quite at the beginning, especially of a lot of these premium tools. Follow me because I seem to be fortunate and unlocking a lot of them. Um, and then you can learn from me and I'll teach you what I know. Finally, then another metric on um, your social media content is the one minute view on Facebook. I think um, on YouTube, they want to get you five minute plus. On Facebook, they want to get you beyond the minute. So um, you want to make sure that you do a good, sexy title, a good, sexy introduction and tease a little bit of content that's coming. And so you want to get your average viewer beyond the minute. Um, Because the more viewers you get beyond the minute, the more reach you're getting on Facebook because Facebook see that one minute, you know, on average, how many one minute views you get. They see that as huge. So, again, um, a bit of teasing of what's to come, a bit of a good, sexy, interesting introduction and title to get people beyond the minute, to get people salivating and tease them on what's to come. Um, And again, you'll you'll get really good reach and unlock a lot of these tools. We've covered a lot there. I hope you found this useful. Do interesting shit. Do hard things. Documentaries of the future. So document whether it's professional or amateur at the moment. Collaborations, getting big guests, doing interviews, rants, upping the volume of your content, handwriting letters, newsjacking, um, getting how to get shares, contrarian views, um, clickbaity titles, but then back it up, commenting on big influencers, repurposing long form and then premium tools, features and functions. There you go. So this has been a module and we're pretty much bang on the hour. I think this module is supposed to be an hour and it's 59 minutes and 15 seconds. So this is part of the Social Media Influencer Masterclass. I hope you've enjoyed this on becoming a social media influencer. I have actually lived it out to one of my pages. Only one because this is a paid paid for content, but I just like to repurpose a bit of content. So if you're watching this live video, please do share this on your social media um, if you think it's been useful to you. Um, again, if you think this content's really good, maybe you could hit me up with some stars to show your gratitude. Um, because I do put a lot of time and effort and energy into my content um, and that would be a great, great way for me to see that it's you know, valuable to you. Thanks for tuning in. I love you all. Uh, remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And if you're on the social media influencer course, get on to the next module right now.